that show you need to know about We set ourselves apart Sports talk at the pinnacle We got all the knowledge Covering every level Helping these young men get to college Got the coverage of a DB Vision of a QB Coming at you like a DN Let all of that sink in Working in the weight room We can't take no days off Doing drills and they not looking That's what make us stand out Don't worry about how much time is left We got it planned out Execution elite footwork Nasty when we running routes Accuracy off the chain We've been on it from the start Reaching for the sky Hitting the bullseye We on the mark What it do, it's Wednesday, you know where we at, live from the Fishbowl Radio Network, the On Your Mark Show, powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel, every play I compete. Listen, man, we got a great one for you today. Coach Holly Custis, man, listen, we're going to talk a little bit about her story at the beginning, but we're going to really talk about things that, you know, recruits, parents, players should be looking for film-wise. Uh, she's a scout uh, for one of the women's uh, football league teams down in the Houston area, Uh we're going to really get into that. You know, I think that's a big thing. A lot, you know, if you're paying attention on social media, at least from my standpoint, I'm sure a coach's standpoint, everybody's breaking down midseason highlights now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I've been having getting contact from players, you know, sending me their things. And, you know, I kind of look at it and go back and I'm like, okay, you need to take this out, this out. You know, we'll, we'll dive deep into that. You know, the five-yard TD runs, everybody can do that. Are you dynamic when you do it? You know what I'm saying? So, of course, Coach Jay is in the building. But, Coach Custis, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. We appreciate you hopping on with us today, man. And we're going to dive into what you do and how you got there. But what I like to do with coaches is to kind of – Go back, uh, get the backdrop, how you got into coaching. Uh, I know you had some time when you were a player as well. Uh, so start there, uh, how you got into athletics, and uh, you know, also what other sports that you played. Okay, great. Um, so basically, I played sports my entire life growing up, multiple sports. School, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, and golf. Um, so I was that kid that was my parents, thankfully, were – to shuttle me around everywhere and uh, I was always the hustle player when it came to sports so in basketball it was a loose ball I was the kid that the stands volleyball was a good sport for that softball I played you know second base shortstop I was that kid I uh, went to, to college at the University of Oregon I took some time off from sports for a couple of years to focus on the academic side and just to take then I realized, no, I need something more competitive still. It's just in me. I can't not have something to, to work on. But finding a women's league, uh, and I started uh, playing with a team in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, Oregon is where I'm from. And it just changed my entire life because being that hustle player in other sports, football rewards you for that effort more than any other sport where it was nice if I go for the loose ball in basketball, but that type of effort in football, the results were a lot more immediate. And it just, it was like I found my home. Um, I grew up a football fan. You know, I grew up an Oregon Ducks fan, went to game. Grew up a 49ers fan. My grandmother used to live down by the bay. And so Jerry Rice was my hero when I was a kid. It just never occurred to me as a, to play 
So once I found a league and an opportunity, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what I was supposed to do. So I ended up playing 16 years on different teams. I started on a team in Corvallis, moved to Portland, Seattle. Uh, and then my last couple of years, I commuted to Utah, um, finished my career with the Utah Falcons, which is a really good team. My last game, we went to the championship as uh, the Texas Elite, who's based out of um, Dallas, but we ended up playing at um, the Star Facility, the practices we play. So one of my last plays was getting a sack on the Star, which is a great feeling as a 49ers fan. But then I realized I can't play forever. I'm for- I love to play forever, but I'm not 23 anymore. <laughs> so as I started getting older, I was like, you know what? I want to eventually transition into coaching like, so as I was entering the back end of my career, I started coaching youth football in this, cause I live in Seattle now in the Seattle area. Um, I took a class with the scouting Academy, which is an awesome place to go. If you want to learn how to break down film, it's Rambo who worked in the, in the NFL. Um, and I thought I knew film, but I did not know film until I worked with this guy. And then now I work who's a, uh, a women's team down in the Houston area, kind of as their, their scouting analyst. So I break down opponent film for them, uh, tendencies that the team that we're going to face does, try to help them find advantages. Um, and that's kind of my role at Houston at the moment. Um, on my master's program in sports management. Um, and, uh, and then in the future, I'm going to work with Coach Jay here. So um point in my career where a couple years ago I retired and now I'm focused all in on the coaching side, scouting side. So that's how I got here. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to the Scouting Academy. Uh, I took the first portion of that as well. Um, it, it's a big help. It's very thorough. Uh, you know, they give you a chance to get into uh, breaking down film. You actually get the real game film. You know what I'm saying? Of of players, of teams, and it, it's 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 a different look uh, from uh, you know looking at high school film. Uh, uh, I'm not quite done with it, but I had a chance to get most of the way through it, and it's it's an eye opener, you know. And and some of the terminology that you learn, you know, I, I thought I was pretty real versed in terminology, but that also you know made made me uh, you know a better vocabulary wise and things, you know, because you using my eyes, I see a lot of things, but now you know, I can spit the verbiage better than I could, you know, two or three years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, if, if guys, if you're trying to get into something like that, the Scouting Academy is a very good tool. Uh, I think you can go on scoutingacademy.com. Uh, they actually have real uh, guys that have been GMs in the league, um, uh, scouts that have been GMs in the league, all kinds of guys that have been from at the highest level to all the way down to the big-time Power 5 collegiate levels that they have talking to you kind of, guiding you along it's three different uh phases of it uh you know coach custis talked about the film breakdown that's probably the more rigorous part of it and more time consuming than the other ones a college scout uh and then scouting at the college level so uh, i'm kind of working my way through it it's funny that you brought that up you know what i'm saying so i, I kind of have a a little bit of a background in that as well i, I started it earlier this year and kind of been working through it but it, it's very it's very interesting 
uh, you know, when it comes to breaking down film, that you have to be able to look at that. And, you know, as we were talking just a few minutes ago, um, you know, with everybody releasing midseason highlights, you know, you kind of go through them and you kind of want to weed out these things. And, you know, I think that's a big thing. And, uh, you know, I was having a short conversation with Coach Custis yesterday about those things, and we'll talk about that today as well. Uh, but, Coach, talk about the women's game a little bit. Uh, I had a chance to cover uh, the Dallas team here a couple of times. Of course, they've been champions of that league here for the last couple of years. Uh, I think it's a big thing that's been kind of bubbling at the surface and it's kind of exploding. Uh, Just talk about that a little bit and your time playing professional football. Yeah, so when I first started, so basically all that principle has been around longer than people realize. I actually had – uh, a blog where I, I went over the history of what, and I don't think people actually realize this goes back to the night, the 1920s. There was a team called the Frankfurt, I think it was yellow. No, but there was a team in the, in the 20s, a hundred years ago that were playing at halftime games for, for the men's football. And then there was a whole bunch of leagues, um, in the 70s, the Toledo Troopers are a really good story. Uh, in the 70s, if you want to be in the Toledo area, they were way before their time. Um, and then I came in, you know, um, 2007. And so I've seen a lot in that span from 2007 to two thousand and. It's grown a lot. It used to be, you know, some, we would have fields and sometimes the lights would go out and you would need to, like, the pickup trucks with <laughs> what you're doing. Right. We've been, I've played games in the grass at the park when we didn't have practice fields. I've played games at the grass. My God, I'm going to sprain my ankle every two seconds because it's not well maintained. Right. And now we're, like, all the way into where our, the league that I work in now with the W. You know, we have um, uh, partnerships with Adidas and Dick's Sporting Goods, and the the games are all, you know, the line where before when I first started, we had to literally send out the game film through the mail. <laughs> so now we've we've come so very far, and it's ex- And when I've coached youth football, too, I'm seeing way more girls playing and way more women being coaches and women being ref. And, you know, in the NFL, several of the women that are coaching right now, I've played against, or at least I've known. Right. And so it's the women make up, you know, 50% of the population. So I always say, if you really want to find the best, you know, you got to look in the whole entire pool. <laughs> and so that pool is starting to expand and women are trying to take advantage of that. So the women's football itself has gotten so much better it's gotten faster you've gotten better athletes you've gotten better coaches you've gotten people that used to play others which like track stars and basketball people so it's just gotten so much better in the 16 years that i've played and i love it um fun as a player that's seen all that transition to be able to go to the younger players and kind of give them perspective so a lot of the times make fun of me because I, w- I ended up being that OG person that's like oh back in my day we used to have to do this and then some people would make fun of me for that but it's true right 
you've got perspective. And like you said, the, the Texas elite has been legit for a while now. And so everybody has been chasing them for the last, if you want to like a comparison, if you don't know uh, the women's game, it's like when the Patriots were winning almost every year, that's basically what they've been. So it's just really fun to see. And I, I really think it's only going to continue to explode. Everybody that watches it loves it. It's just more about the the marketing has improved. The production of the games has improved. And I just think it's only up from here. No doubt. They even, you know, they had like an all-star weekend here. I think every a lot of the stuff is centralized here in Dallas because I've uh, had a chance to be around it uh, a little bit. Uh, the couple of games, the one season, uh, they played their home games at the uh, University of North Texas, and that's when I got to cover that. I think they had a championship game out there as well as a star uh, so, and the thing about it is the professional ranks have gotten involved with it uh, on the men's side, and I think that's what enables it to bubble a little bit and to get more coverage now, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, it, it, the speed of the game is not what you think. When I stepped on the field, you know, I was really, really impressed with the technique. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, you, like you spoke of, uh, some of the uh, ladies were, uh, you know, track athletes at the skill position, and you could see that speed and uh, translation. Uh, Coach Custis, what did you see, you know, as a player? You spoke about uh, other sports being involved uh, from the ladies taking the field. How does that help and translate over to uh, the, the game and, you know, the speed of the game? Because I was very impressed at the times that I got a chance to cover those games. Yes. So, obviously, like, if you run – you're going to have speed. And so if you're playing like a receiver or DB position, that's always going to be helpful for me. Like I always found that that basketball position because of the footwork. Um, you know, I played a lot of basketball growing up and I realized when I started playing football, you know, that was a strong transition into some of the footwork I was doing into football. So I've seen other basketball players say the same thing. And it also soccer seems to be a good, just because uh, of the speed that um, that you need to run around the field playing soccer um, and some of the, the conditioning aspect of that. You know, the other thing I want to talk about with that is something I've noticed is the line women. Okay, so bigger guys, when they're growing up, that they can be athletes. Bigger women don't get that um, confidence or that reassurance a lot of the time. So I think a really good uh, area to look in is how the female linemen have developed because these are women, some of them didn't play sports and they're told, hey, your size is an asset. This is good that you're bigger. We need your size. And I think that is a really good thing for women in sports. So I think whatever sport you play, it's going to, like just like the men's side, it's going to transition well into football. And I've always been a, um, an advocate for playing in high school, I think it helps you not burn out playing one sport physically and mentally, and it helps you because some of those things transition in the different sports. Well, Coach Jay, you, you've been a, a advocate of that. Uh, you know, you train both girls and boys. Uh, you know, at the high school level and going on to collegiate level, you always speak about being multiverse. Uh, you know, and not be limited in the sports. Now that we got the women's, uh, you know, leagues coming up and uh, you know starting to bubble, talk about how you try to impress that on you know some of the young ladies that you've been working with. Just balance overall. Just being able to move in different planes. 
being able to work on different muscles, uh, just learning and understanding. You know, every sport has its own unique way of moving, but when you can put all those things together in every sport that you play, you know, it, 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 it works wonders to just your average athlete. You know, soccer is great for stop-start, you know, footwork, things like that. That transcends to basketball because you need to stop-start, jump, you know, all of those things. So one sport can always bleed over to another one. It's just learning how to put all those things together. But if you just play one sport, most of the time you, you start to lack a lot of movement that can help you in, in a lot of different sports. So I think just being well-rounded you know, is the most important part, you know, being able to do a lot of different things. And at the end of the day, when you're young, it's almost impossible to tell unless you're just completely gifted, you know, right. that you're going to excel in one sport. So being able to play many, it also helps, you know, understand how to be a teammate in different settings, how to be an individual and, you know, where you can potentially see, you know, yourself playing later you got to try a lot of different things in order to see which one you like the most well i think that also goes back to playing multiple positions uh mm -hmm. you know when you get into other sports uh it helps well around it plus you know the muscle groups are always different always in always. every different sport you know track has different type of uh, muscle memory versus tennis having a different type of muscle memory. Throwing the shot put has a different type of muscle memory versus shooting a jump shot has a different type of muscle memory. And you have to be well-rounded. And I think that, you know, if, if you go into even basketball, uh, those guys play multiple sports. You know, a lot of times the taller guys grow out of what they're sporting. I mean, look at Big Shaq. Shaq played tight end. He played a little ball yes, he did. before he got into LeBron. being the diesel. LeBron was an all-state wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's definitely something that, you know, parents, players have to look into, uh, you know, try not to limit their games and limit themselves as far as what they do uh, naturally. You know, and, and it goes back to just being versatile and having that leverage that we talk about That's all it. the time. You know what That's I'm saying? It. But, uh, Coach Custis, so you're, you're out on the West Coast, um, and you speaking of coaching youth athletics, you know, we live in one of the most uh, competitive uh, in Texas for high school sports and youth sports. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on up in Seattle and your experiences coaching youth uh, sports in that area. <clears throat> yes. Um, so this particular fall I took off because program, but the last couple of years I was coaching – uh, youth football in the Kent area, which is a suburb south of Seattle. <clears throat> and I was the uh, uh, defensive coordinator. And then the second year, I took over um, the third and fourth grade group because they divide them up by and the league that we're in. And it was really fun. I absolutely loved working with the kids. They're, they're so funny, but I've written cats sometimes with kids. Trying to get them to like focus um, on the drill could be challenging, but I also learned a lot. Um, learned a lot about how to reach kids where they're at rather than, I mean, I obviously can't teach certain concepts to a seven-year-old that I a 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that was a challenge to me to be like, okay, I have this concept in my head. How do I get to a point where I um, get to their level, what they can handle right now. And for me, my my 
strategy with kids, and I, you know, kind of a difference in the other youth coaches across the country is I wanted to focus on the technique aspect over everything because if your kid can learn technique at seven or eight, even as you know, a smaller version of it, by the time they're 17 or 18, they're going to separate. If you're just going to throw your kid out there to run into a wall over and over again, that's not going to help them. You have to be able to teach them how to tackle safely. And then also the technique for their certain position. For example, a kid that I was really proud of, um, at first year, you know, with playing defense at end, it'd be hard to explain how to keep contain when the ball is coming towards you and how to squeeze down when it's going away from you. And the very last game, got it and we saw it on film. And I just got so excited because I was like, if this kid can understand that at seven, how to handle the and when he gets older, if he continues to play, it's going to separate him from everybody else. And so that was really my focus. And it taught me kind of as a coach, which is a teacher type of role, somebody that's going to teach you technique, um, especially at the youth level. I think a lot of parents want to be like, we're going to win the Super Bowl and my kid's going to be in the NFL at seven. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's really hard to get to the NFL. But if you can work on the small now your kid will be separating themselves later. And so that's been my focus with youth football. But I will tell you, it is so fun <laughs> to see the little kids out there with their helmets and trying to line them up and kick off. Oh, my goodness. I, I learned patience. <laughs> but uh, that's, that was my youth uh, football experience. And I might eventually go back to it when I'm done with the master's program. Um, but I, I lot from it and then I also learned what I think that you gave me more of which is people who want to take time with your kids to explain uh, and strategy at a younger age rather than just focusing on winning the individual game because that will come later to a, an older uh, grade so that's what I learned absolutely and coach you can speak to this as well as myself you know a lot of times uh, you know, it gets kind of diluted as far as, you know, sometimes, you know, in here in Texas, you got rec and then you have select and then you have the all-star teams or teams that travel around the country. You've been a part of both of those. And so sometimes it, uh, you know, I'm not saying all organizations that way it goes to trophy chasing uh, and you really lose the development part or the instructional part uh at the lower levels of youth football. Uh, just talk about how you try to stress that because you, you talk to kids and parents every week, daily, about these type of things, and you try to get that across to them. The win-now mentality is, is hurting so many people, so many individuals, because you, you can go to uh, many football practices, but the ones that stand out to me the most are the ones where you'll see the guys practicing and then you look to their sideline and kids are playing. That's supposed to be practicing. They're not watching and nobody's even babysitting them or, or, or teaching them anything. Nobody's developing them. Those are the kids that's going to have the biggest problem maintaining and understanding the game later on. But it also tells you the nucleus of the team, they're focused on the ones that get it right now. So that's the win mentality right now versus – thinking as a coach, if I develop them all, I'm going to put myself in a position to win later as well. 
So the onus is on, you know, parents understanding that you develop them now so they can win later. Right. Don't worry about the, the win now. You know, right. give them the tools that they can utilize. But everybody wants to win because for whatever reason, the likes. And, of course, you know, we want to win. But Absolutely. understanding in the beginning, you know, it, it's it's going to be hard when you're trying to learn your place in the game and learn the game. Right. You know, you're going to take some else, and that's okay because right. it's going to help you appreciate the wins when they come later. Well, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, this just the way society is now. We want everything so quick. Absolutely. We want an instant gratification type yep. thing when it's a development process into any sport, you know, not just football. Any sport. But any sport, you know. And, you know, there's a certain IQ. You know, some kids have it early and some don't. But you don't want to peak too early because, you know, we, you know, I've been around and you have as well. And I'm sure Coach Custis has seen this as well. Uh, some kids phase out. And very good at Little League, when they get to high school, they run into that wall. And, you know, the parents and the player may run there as well. And what happened? You know, I was so good so early. But and, – and that's another thing that you speak to as well is, you know, trying to limit being good so early. Now, you know, you don't – you don't. and the thing about you that, you know, I've seen in, in being around you when you're trained, you don't actually go for the guys that's already developed or have that natural thing. You like to see them develop and progress and set stages. That's, I think that's the way – you know, your mindset as far as getting into development is different from a lot of other guys. I want I want the kids that need development, the kids that, you know, for me, the, the, the most important thing to me about developing athletes is we are the key to unlock the potential. And we have to first, like Holly said earlier, you know, coach what's in front of you. And for me, the, the, the thing that I love the most is getting to know like a, a, a potter, right. right? Looking at the clay, studying it, right. and then say, okay, I, I can build from this, but I have to know what's in front of me first. Um, and there are tons of people out there that, that's going after, you know, the kids that are already blessed, you know, athletically. I want the kid that's, you know, that needs to work, that don't have the understanding, but have the work ethic. You know, those are the kids that, that I want so that I can take the time, teach, and bring you along slowly to where when you get there, it's like, oh, where'd that kid come from? You know, to me, that's rewarding versus, right. you know, having a kid that's already fast, a kid that, you know, that's, that doesn't really show coaching acumen. That just says, hey, this kid is gifted. Right. You know, give me somebody that's got two left feet and let me give you a right and a left. Right. You know, then yeah. you could say, oh, wow. You know, right. I've done that over and over and over again. Right. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's what I love. Right. Well, I think, you know, a lot of times in youth sports, and I've seen it, and, you know, I don't know if we did it much as a culture staff, but it's kind of the, the thing where you put, you know, some kids on the line, get them to hold it for 10, 10 to 12 seconds and pitch it to the fastest guy on the team. That really doesn't show the coaching development. That really doesn't show uh, – it doesn't really help develop the kid as At well. All. You know, it doesn't teach them anything. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing you want to steer away from when you're looking to see who is actually coaching your kid the correct way. That shows lack of patience. Absolutely. Lack of patience that, I, you know, I, maybe I'm on the wrong level because I'm just going to say, hey, line up, touch the guy in front of you. Hey, my son or somebody else, get the ball and, and go score. Right. You know, that, that shows a, a huge lack of, you know, patience in the development part. Right. Now, whether it's parent motivated, win motivated, whatever it is, it's still a yeah. lack of, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's just the same thing in baseball. You know, we we did that for a long time. Everybody wants to be the shortstop, and you know, sometimes you get daddy ball coaches want to put their kid at shortstop because he has the strongest arm. But you have to develop all of those other guys in there because the ball's gonna be hit to them too. It's going everywhere, right? You know, you can't have you know a limited way, and that's why you know at the at the younger ages of baseball, you start with the best guys to have the best gloves in the infield, and you go out. But, you know, a lot of times in baseball, parents or, or players get down on themselves because they're stuck in the outfield at young age. But you don't understand, the older you get, the outfield is very key. You know, and that's something you have to learn with baseball. That outfield is so important because there's the things that they have to do out there that they don't do in the infield just because that, those are the glory positions. Mm-hmm. But outfielders, you know, probably may be some of the most highly paid guys in Major League Baseball. It's probably the hardest. It's the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Hardest. you have to be a skilled yeah. guy to be out there. You know what I'm saying? And it would be an advantage to a kid. To, to understand and learn early. But, again, it's that, that win now mentality. I want to be where the action is early. Right, absolutely. But then maybe not understanding I don't have the footwork, I don't have the ability, you know, to get a grounder or, you know, do things like that. So it's just, you know, kids having to understand and parents having to understand that later is better. Right. Later is always better. You know, win now is not going to do you – kid that can win a World Series at seven or eight, Nobody knows that when they're 18. Right. Nobody cares. Right. What no, can you do now? They're not going to see that ring that you want as a 10-year-old. No. You know what I'm saying? When you come to get recruited, that doesn't matter. At all. You know, nobody's going to look up your stats from 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how many touchdowns you score. It's what just a, you know, just like it's a get it done for me lately type thing. It's a get it done for me lately like type thing when you get to be a junior or a senior. And that's, you know, when these guys come around and players and parents looking like, well, okay, well, he's done this and done that, but why aren't the offers coming? You know what I'm saying? And that's a whole other show in itself. But Entirely. Entirely. <laughs> entirely different conversation. But we got Coach Holly Custis in the building today. Coach, uh, let's, let's start with the film evaluation type stuff that you've been doing. Uh, film is, is very heavy uh, with it's social media right now. Um, you know, we spoke about, uh, you know, in the high school ranks, uh, everybody's releasing film uh, at the midway point or, you know, putting their film out, you know, the first five or six games. That's where we're kind of at in high school here in the state of Texas. Uh, so from a film standpoint, what are some of the key things that you kind of look at? You mentioned, uh, you know, studying the opponent, uh, talking about tendencies and things like that. So what, tell me what's good film versus bad film when it comes to evaluation. So I, I, I say if a photo is worth a thousand words, the film is worth a million. Like <laughs> you can look at one play and rewind it and watch it so many times and get something new every single time. So there's different ways to attack film. If you're talking about um, highlights, for example, like stuff that maybe being uh, their first three games, I think what parents and players should really focus on is you need a good mix. So obviously, like you said before, a lot of people can score from the five and that's great. But if you're ready back, for example, you want to show do including, and probably most importantly, the workman type plays. So not just when you're scoring touchdowns, but show me that half lock, show me that you can, diagnose what you need to do to get open in the backfield on, you know, you're, you're catching it. 
backfield. Show me what happens when you're running in between the tackles. Also show me what happens when you're running outside. Show some variance in what you can. Um, I think it's really good if you're a receiver again to show blocking because a lot of programs, the older you get, if you can't block, you're not going to play no matter how you are. So if you're a running back receiver, I think it's really, really important to show coaches that you can block. Um, if you're a quarterback, you want to show your different defenses, show your mobility, show different types of throws. Can you show? Can you throw the out uh, as well as you can throw the deep? Those are awesome, and everybody loves them. But you also want to be able to show you can throw that out. You, you can sh- you can throw different types of arm angles. All of that. So not just the the feel good um, touchdown type highlights. You also want to show your working and different. Um, you want to show the hustle play. So even if you don't make a tackle, show me that you can fill your gap. Show me that you understand the situation. Um, and and coverage that you are doing your job. Because if you have a coach that's evaluating you, it's awesome if you're athletic and you have all these highlights, but the next level, the higher you go, it's the little teeny things that are going to separate you because the highlight is good. In the NFL, everybody was the best guy in college. So it's the people who develop the work habits and the study habits early that will end up the most successful. So that's what you can do with the highlight side. Uh, do you want me to go into the scouting opponent side? Absolutely. Go into that too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the highlight part is very okay. key because, you know, you know, I, I, I deal with this kind of on a, day, a weekly basis, so does Coach. Uh, and, you know, I've noticed the last two weeks, of course, uh, you know, I'm pretty heavy on Twitter when it comes to these things. You know, everybody's putting out their film. So, you know, I you know, I was having a conversation with a kid through DM yesterday and he sent it to me and I was telling him, you know, he, he started off with an explosive play, which was great, then he came back with a couple of five yard TDs and I'm like, Okay, this is what you should do, you know what I mean? And this is this is game that, you know, everybody should be looking at. You know what I mean? I, he had some explosive plays, but he had some hiccups in there with these. Now, he had a dynamic 10-yard run where he he went all the way to this side, cut back against the grain, came back around. That's fine. You, you show his dynamic ability, his cutback ability, and the speed to get to the edge and separate from everybody going in a 10-yard run. But, you know, I, anybody – I'm not saying anybody it, – it's very hard to score, but five-yard runs, two-yard goal line plunges, coaches anybody will turn that off. That. Yeah. They'll, they'll, you have to find something <laughs> that separates that. you. Yeah. You have to find something that separates yourself. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I think that's a big thing. And, uh, and that was one thing that I wanted to make sure that we got across today because you have a, uh, you know, heavy background in film evaluation and putting film together. And so does Coach and myself. We do this all the time. But, you know, somebody that's at the professional level where, you know, this is kind of what we do here on All Your Mark shows. We're giving you free game. We're trying to help the parents and players elevate themselves and from what we do a lot of times is from the high school level to the collegiate level and that's a very important piece it's like i told a young man i was talking to your film has to be excellent uh you know really fire if the coach hadn't seen you in person you got to have him a reason to come search you and find you out to pick up a phone or email your coach because they're not going to come just off of your film. You have to be dynamic with it. And, Coach, this is something you talk about. Of course, we're going to get to uh, the recruiting one-on-one 
before we get out of here. I got an excerpt I want to ask you about. But you talk about these things all the time, uh, you know, with your parents and uh, players that you're consulting. It has to be something dynamic on that field. The analogy that I, I like to use the most is if you're looking at uh, going to see a movie and you watch the trailer, if that trailer is captivating enough, then you're going to go spend your money and go watch the, the rest of the movie. Your film has to be the exact same thing. Your, right. the, the, the highlights are the trailer to your season. So it has to be captivating enough to make a coach want to stop, look at you and say, hey, let me get to know you and eventually want to pay you some money to do it. Right. So that has to be the mindset of putting the film together. And a lot of kids think, unfortunately, just because I'm playing football, just because I'm on the field and making plays, that warrants it being enough. It's got to be something it's, that sticks it's not. out. They do. Let me make sure I, I, I say this to parents. Understand this. They don't give scholarship money to average players. They don't give scholarship money for average play. Just because your kid is playing football, he might score 10 touchdowns and they're just meaningless because it's five yards here, you know, a couple of yards there. But there are literally tens of thousands of kids playing the game. They're going to look for the best that's doing it when you're talking about scholarship money. And, and that's what we're focused on is helping you understand what they're looking for. So if you don't have wild plays in there, yes, of course, it could be great film, but if the plays aren't wild, if you're not showing the ability that will transcend and translate to you getting to that level, they're not coming. Right. Simple as that. Right. I mean, it, it, it has to be, again, look at the highlights. It has to be a trailer to a movie that's going to be a blockbuster. Right. And your kid is that blockbuster. Right. It has to be Mission Impossible Special or Fast has to Fast be. Furious. Has to Something be. that's got you on the edge of the seat. And that might be. You know, and, and 60 seconds of film is all you need when you're right. talking about you the, the highlight. Going. Yeah, yes. when you're talking about. No more than 90. Right. No more than 90. Yeah. But but honestly, because you're not going to have a coaching staff in the beginning, if they're looking for you, right. they're not going to look for two minutes. Three. Right. They're not doing it. They're right. going to see just enough and they say, okay, let's move on. Now right. they'll send it to their staff to break down the movie. Right. So that's why I say the trailer has to be something that gets you to come in. But then on the back end, we always forget this, though. You can have a 60-second highlight, but the rest of it is poo. So make sure that your kid is understanding play every snap because the highlights alone will not get you the money. The highlights will get you in the door, the rest of the film, along with all the other stuff, right? What is – the entire film look like? Are you making plays, you know, on the regular? Are you doing all the little things? Those are the things that's going to get you to the next level, not just I make a play here or there, then I take 10 plays off. That's not what they're looking for. They want to see, you know, what can you do? And we know that the game of football is tough. Sometimes it takes a while for you to get going or, you know, takes a while for you to break open. But when you do, it's dynamic. So, Always remember, more is better as far as making sure that your kid understands play every snap. Don't take no plays off. Rest when you're on the sideline. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> you know, I'm on, a, I'm on a field every Friday night or Thursday night, sometimes Man. Saturdays. Uh, 
please, guys, don't take plays off. You never know who's in the building. You know what I mean? And Coach has, you know, people that he talks to. I do, and I'm sure Coach Custis does as well. But, you know, that's the worst thing you could do is, you know, I can see, you know, let's say a backside defensive end, the play goes away from him. He's walking. And the, the play's 20 yards down the field. You know what I'm saying? And I can turn on the tape. Every day. It happens every game. You every know what game. I mean? <laughs> every you know, and, and that says something about your effort. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter what class you're in. It doesn't matter what level you're on. But if you if I see a player doing that, then that automatically turns me off. You know what I mean? And that – you know, you could have the size and the strength and, you know, you look the part, but if you don't have that hustle and that extra effort, especially, you know, from a guy that's playing in an edge position, it's possibly you putting that on tape. Don't put bad play on tape. Especially wide receivers. I I'm, I do a lot of uh, the, the my filming now just for flex zone is I'm trying to get a lot of one-on-ones. Whether Absolutely. It's, it's lineman on lineman or receiver on DB, and good Lord, listen, if your son is playing receiver, please tell him to make sure that he's blocking. I have a ton of film where kids are just coming off the line. If the play ain't coming to them, they just walk off the line, let the DB run free, make the tackle, and it it is so just – it's bad. Right. It's bad. It's bad, yeah. I know. I see it. And, you know, I, I've been at a couple of games the last couple of weeks and see it, you know. And I could be there to watch this particular person and they just don't fit it as far as what you see. You know, and a lot of times, you know, from my perspective, <clears throat> in a writing perspective, you know, we go out each week and we look at things and we spotlight guys. And a lot of times from the way I do things, is I want to see the guy that I haven't seen, somebody that busts, mm-hmm. you know, that busts it wide open. And it's a guy that I don't know. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of times how the recruiting process kicks off for guys is, you know, you never know who's in the building. You know what I mean? And you always – now, I, I don't put out, you know, from my perspective, I don't put out negative things about no, kids. No, that's not what we do. I would do. never do that. Yeah, that's not what we because do. Because that's already hard enough for them to get somebody's attention. So, bad publicity would never come from us. But, you know, my mindset and thinking is I want to pull that guy over and say, hey, dude, you know, you, you, you might want to do this a little different. You never know who's watching. You know, if I can see it, then they can see it. Uh, and it, it transfers to tape. And it's eye and the sky don't lie. And that goes for anything that you do. The eye and the sky does not lie. You know what I mean? And when you put bad things on tape, it, it's it's just a reflection on what your mentality is as well. You know what I'm saying? It means that you don't have it. And then you can't get to the next level like that. These guys don't have a lot of time, coaching staffs at the collegiate level, don't have a lot of time to spend trying to motivate you to do what you want to do. They won't spend time. They won't. Not, not when they're recruiting you. Right, <laughs> right. They won't do it. They'll find the next person to do it. Right, and, and that's, that's the way you have to look at it. It's got to be balls to the wall every time you touch the snap whether it's basketball, you know, pitching, anything, you know, tennis. You know, those guys don't get a chance to take a break in tennis. If you watch a good tennis no. match, oh you know, it's God. constant. I think, you know, I think tennis is very underrated as far as being in excellent shape. Oh, you have – Yeah. Yeah, you have to be in shape. Parents, real quick too, um, on topic but off topic, if you notice everybody that we bring brings a tremendous amount of value. Shout out to all the women – that we've brought because every last one of them has very high IQ about the sport. Absolutely. And now you guys have just been introduced to the face of flex zone girls. So you already understand what she brings to the table by listening to her today. And she's going to pour that energy, that knowledge into all the girls that 
or doing uh, flex zone one-on-ones and everything else that we do. So shout out to all the ladies, but definitely shout out to Holly and welcome to the team. Absolutely. And, and that just doesn't save just for football. Uh, there's basketball coming, all kind of things. You know, we've got things in the works and it's coming, man. 2024 is going to be a big year. And, you know, this is the kind of things that you want to do and always elevate, man. We started going up on the things that we're doing. Uh, now, Coach Custis, we did talk about film evaluation as far as studying your opponent. Uh, how do you go about breaking down tendencies? You know, I kind of have an idea of where you'll go with it. But this is also uh, for the parents and players because whatever they put out on film, the opponent looks at it. You know, here in Texas, you know, usually uh, the high school coaches get their opponents film. They swap film the, the week before. So, you know, you know, being six or seven games in, now you have good tape or bad tape. You have tendencies, you know, from a running back's perspective, are you pointing? Are your feet and shoulders lined up where you're supposed to be going? All of that stuff is on tape. And when you really get somebody that's studying tendencies of their opponent, you're putting out bad film, and they kind of know exactly where you're going. So, you know, uh, talk about that just a little bit of how you go about doing that. Sure. <clears throat> I feel like it's really important for players and parents to understand the earlier you expose your study, the better you're going to be off later down the road. Because if you get to the NFL level, like you have to be able to diagnose and watch film don't know how to do that, you're going to be behind and you're not going to have really good study habits and it's going to be a problem because there's going to be other players that have that. And, you know, that being said, when you're preparing to play a specific opponent from a player perspective, it's not just coaches um, that watch film. You should be watching film too because it's kind of a cheat code. You know, when I played, I played a lot of middle linebacker and I got to the point offensive plays better than themselves at times and there was no better feeling than to diagnose the play be in the backfield that they haven't even done the handoff yet and their eyes the ready back eyes are just huge they're like ah how did you get here that is the best feeling in the world you should be able to in a way that gives you an advantage in the game so you know like uh like we were talking about you can learn tells you know let's say um, let's say you're a linebacker and you need to be able to analyze the running back that you're going to face a lot and say, what does it mean when it lines up a half a yard further than normal? Does that mean a certain play is coming? What does it mean when their feet are a little bit to the left? Well, you know, like, like you were saying, mm -hmm. if you don't have a, um, you know, a straight ahead stance, that can be a tell for them. If you're kind of slanting to the left as an offensive lineman, I can tell which direction you're going. So stuff like that can be really, really important and uh, help. Uh, and then formation breakdown is really key. So when I'm looking at opponents that we're playing, I'm looking at, I go through, because I'm a total football nerd, and I work through all the different formations that we're going to see. And what are the plays that we normally like to run out of those formations? So let's say in an I to run these three plays. That's their bread and butter out of that, that formation. Then that can be helpful to the defense because now you're like, okay, in this formation, nine times out of ten, I'm going to see this, right? That can be helpful to you. Or if they run a, you know, a more unique formation that's not other packages, then it, you can kind of point it out 
to yourself on the field where a team we used to play had this bunch formation and I knew basically like to run out of it. And I knew that um, if there was no motion, that it was a toss. If there was motion, it was jet feet the other direction. The one backer, it gave me a huge advantage to know that. And now I'm like, okay, you still are going to use your keys in the game to read and react, but it's almost the answer to the test before you even start the play. And then your keys are just reconfirming what you what you think is already going to happen, and you play faster. Or if you're, especially a quarterback, obviously quarterbacks have to study film, but as a quarterback, you can study the defense and be like, okay, they're the long, whether they like to, you know, what coverage do they like to go into? Do the linebackers show that they're going to blitz or do they have to lift? What is the defense into? Does he come up too fast or too far up the field? Can we cut underneath that if they're being too aggressive? Outlets if they're blitzing? Uh, where are my dump passes? That sort of thing. So you can look at it a thousand ways, but I think what I noticed when I was playing is a lot of kids and players and adults, depending on what, you know, league and level you're at, the coaches will go over the film and they'll be like, this is what we did good, did bad. And you're paying attention, but you're not really, you're not really ingesting the film. So just because the coach goes over the team aspect, that's not enough. You should, as an individual player, be breaking down yourself. What did I do well on the play? What can I that and also what is the person across from me going to do how can i beat them you know do they come out of their stance uh if it's a run versus the pass those sort of little teeny things are the difference between a win and a loss and so that's really where um kids can look at phil absolutely i think that's a big thing and you know everything that you hit on is so important and i think uh breaking down film knowing you know what to put on film is a thing that's a lost art when it comes to how to get recruited. Um, and that's, you know, a big thing that I wanted you to stress today to hear, you know, we kind of talk about things, things all the time uh, from week to week, from show to show based on who's coming on. But being that you really, really do this, you know, I think it's a great avenue for kids and parents to know what you have to put on film. That's so important. It's something that we talk about and do all the time. And, I think that's a lost art. You know, it it's okay to make a big play, but did you what way did you do it? You know, from the cornerback position, uh, you know, were your hips in alignment? You know, are you in phase when you're breaking uh in route with the with the uh with the uh wide receiver, you know, what kind of coverage it was. All of those things go into play and do you fit the scheme that the uh coaches that are recruiting you want. So all of those things play a, a big part in that and that's kind of what we try to bring to the table each week. Man. One other thing too, Mark, I, I think we might have missed missed is the type of film. Absolutely. Meaning you have, you know, parents posting film that's grainy. That's that's not helping your kid. Not at all. Uh, posting film that you're not even circled in expecting somebody to know what play you got to identify yourself. Yeah. You're not being identified. And the music you know, guys, I would leave that out. Leave the music out. If you're gonna do music, make it an instrumental. But the language and all of those things, it matters. Coaches do not want to hear that. It's a turnoff. It, yeah. Now, the, the, here's the thing: parents understand this. You can have a YouTube page for your family and friends, or Facebook, and you could put, you know, the the 
different kind of music and I, I've done the same thing for my son but you have what's called recruiting film and then you have your family friends you know fan friendly film where it's you know the slowed down versions don't you don't want to slow your film down for uh college scouts you, you people think that that's okay because you want to show the movement but no they want to see your true speed almost in real time they want to see a real time right you know they don't want to see the slow motion but the grainy film do i wouldn't even post that it's, it's not doing you any good whether you're getting likes from it or not college recruiters they're not going to want to see that so understand the type of film the angles you know all of that uh huddle is, is great uh if it's not so far away a lot of times but understanding that the type of film matters because again the eyes right if if i'm a recruiter and i see grainy film or i can't find you to to be able to really evaluate you i'm not going to watch it this is going to get cut off is what i was about to yeah say. i'm not going to watch it i'm moving on to yeah. something that's easier on the eyes right so always remember that yeah I, I, and i think that's an important thing i'm glad you brought that up is the quality of the film and then you know and like I, I tell, like I, I'll take you know my sister for example. I'm always helping her with my nephew and stuff like that. She's very gregarious and cheering. There's nothing wrong with that, but they don't want to hear that, you know. So you know, and and she's done a great job here in the last few years about it. But that's something we had to do, uh, as far as leaving out the the background noise. You know what I mean? Uh, you eliminate have to, it. You have to cut that. Eliminate. You have to. Nobody cut wants that. to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. You know, it, it's okay. Uh, personally, but you know, when you talk about recruiting film uh, to get exposure, you may not want to hear that. They they don't want to hear it. Absolutely, you know I mean? and and that's why I said there's a difference between you know fan friendly and recruiting film. Those things have to be different. And then we go deeper and deeper into that. You know, later on down the line, as far as um, you know, how to truly truly help your kid. But these are just easy nuggets that parents can take away. Uh, that I think a lot of people don't realize because we see it every, every day. day, all day yeah. on social media. Absolutely. And it's like, man, I can't tell a thousand kids, you know, man, change this, change that. Because the first question is, why, coach? Right. You know, right. and if you don't understand, you don't understand. It's just, it's a lot. Well, you have to be selective in the process, you know, from personal experience. You know, I, I think I can kind of tell, and I try not to go too deep to where it's offensive, you know, and never, never anything negative, but – you know, it's just streamlining the process, you know. And, and you know, I'm just trying to give you an, uh, uh, an advantage, an advantage <laughs> from somebody that sees and does this all the time, you know what I mean. And, and that's on a field with, you know, guys that are on television now, some in the league, you know, from our experiences, this is kind of what we do, you know what I mean. And, you know, never anything malicious, but, hey, man, listen, tweak that just a little bit, tweak that just a little bit. You'll be surprised who – tunes into that after you see it you know what i mean it's just about having that type of eye for it. not everybody has it and you have to know what you're looking at absolutely you know what i mean and then you got to know what you're giving too right 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 as yeah. an athlete you right. know you you have to be honest you know have an honest assessment about what it is that you're putting out there absolutely you know and and some honestly you know some kids are putting out nai film some kids are putting out d3 d2 you know, and and you gotta you gotta know that you gotta know that you know, you know? what I mean, and, and that that's where it comes from the people that are around you to kind of giving you advice. You know, hopefully, uh, in most cases, I think the high school coaches are very involved. The ones that are really really uh, interested in what they want to do to help their players, they kind of know, and they usually make the calls or put film or you know make 
tell the people to come when they come in. You know, springtime, a lot of time coaches visit the campuses more often. They kind of can direct traffic. Hey, this is a guy that fits your program perfectly. And it's no knock on there because any advantage that you have to play at the next level, it's only 7%. You can look that up, 7%, and that's all levels from NAIA to junior college to D2 to FCS to FBS. 7% make it to the next level. And it's even smaller when it comes to the professional ranks. It's a 1% type thing. So anytime you level up, the window gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you have to kind of know that as well. And you got to have a plan. You got to have have a plan. plan You can't go in blind no more. Right. It's, you know, back in the day it used to be if if you ball, they'll find you. That doesn't exist no more. You got to wave your hand. It exists to an extent, but you better be really, really blind. There's a whole lot of people balling. They're going to find you. Right. Well, you have to have the right eyes on. It's a whole lot of schools. Yeah, but again, that that means that's yeah. the plan, right? You know, what I'm saying? it also depends where you play too. <laughs> on where you play, yeah, right. I so mean, there are some schools that get a ton of coverage, some, some schools, schools that, that get don't. none. So you can yeah. ball out like yeah. crazy at the school that right. gets none, and nobody will know. Well, I, I've seen it. You know, people put up these extraordinary numbers, and they still at the house. Still, absolutely right. And, and it's a thing where you have to be having the right eyes on you consistently. Uh, and I think, you know, that's where the offseason comes in. You have to have the right offseason uh, eyes on you, camp-wise. Absolutely. Uh, you know, training-wise. You know, those are the type of guys that really get to go to the next level. You know what I mean? And we're at these constant camps and things like this where guys pick up these things at 707. You know, if you listen to people say that they don't get uh, seen at 707, that's, that's a misnomer. That's you know, crazy. It, it happens. <laughs> it you know happens. Saying? Because it happens Every all the time. Every season. <laughs> you know, somebody recruiting stock busts up wide open. But you also I bet have money to, on that. You also have to see it in pads, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times that's the uh, genesis of where it starts is what they do in the off season. That's very key. You know, all of those things go hand in hand. It's all about positioning. And just like business 101, it's the whole thing of, you know, location, location, location. Right. Am I in the right location to maximize, you know, what's going to help me? Right. And then again, it regardless of anything else, it's always the product. Right. You know, who am I? What am I putting out on the field? And then once I have the product, now it's marketing. Right. Right. How do everybody, is everybody going to see me? And then you have to, you can't be lazy as a parent and as a kid to say, well, we just going to sit back and wait. No, you got to get out there. You got to wave your hand. Right. There are way more high schools around the country than there are colleges. And they're Thousands not going to go to more. Yeah, they're not going to go to every high school to look at kids. Right. So how are you going to be seen if you're not being marketed? Right. Quick before we get out of here, uh the recruiting guy one on one. There's a section that I thought that you made a big point is kindling the flame, developing a passion for the sport before we get out of here. Of course, uh, you know, tell everybody where they can find it. But I think kindling the flame is a lost star. You know, it I, is. And I think that kids, you know, sometimes that flame burns out very early and they don't tell nobody. Well, so here's the thing. With number one, you can find a book. Right now it's on Amazon. Uh, you can look it up. The Recruiting Blueprint, A Common Sense Guide to Recruiting, Stefan Johnson. Barnes & Nobles, it should be out any day now. Uh, you can get the hard copy or a digital copy on Amazon right now. I strongly suggest you guys go get it. There are people watching right now that can attest to that, that have actually read the book. Um, it, it's a great tool great to utilize right now. Yep. But kindling the flame, here's why I say that. I'm going to give you a free nugget. Ask your kid, what is their why? Why do they want to play football? 
What is their why in life? Why do they want to play at the next level if they do? And listen to the answer of that, and you'll determine whether or not that flame is there, how high that flame is, and do they tr truly want to play at it because – to get to college, to get to the NFL, you have to have something bigger than just wanting to play the game attached to you. So that fire, that's inside of the kid. And this is where the mental part comes into play because a lot of kids get down. When, when things don't go the way they want, they're not getting the early this, the early that. It truly starts affecting the way they think. So you always want to find tools, and that's what I do in the consulting. I give parents the tools. To, to make sure that their kid is always connected and that they understand where that flame is and where that fire is so they can always tap into it because this sport will take a whole lot from you if you're not understanding that it's just a tool to get you from A to B and that's it. it, it it'll take a lot and a lot of kids expect more from it early than they're actually giving. So always understand where where's the passion right are you passionate about it and why are you passionate about it because if you understand that if it's i just want to play then that passion is different versus you know i'm playing for a love of whatever right. so understanding that kind of helps you understand where you can take the kid well definitely man you got to get this book we appreciate coach Cussis. this won't be the Absolutely. last time we'll definitely tap back in with you real soon uh Give out your social media where everybody can find you if they want to get in contact with you. Great. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Find me uh, on Facebook at Holly Custis. You can find me on, I guess it's now X instead of Twitter, but it's Relentless2121. You can find me on Instagram as well under Relentless21. Thank you guys so much for having me. I look thank forward you. to working with you guys in the future. This is awesome. Absolutely, man. Well, we'll definitely be tapping back in with you, man. Either every Wednesday, man, tap in. The On Your Mark show is powered by Epic Sports Apparel. Every play I compete. Every week live from the Fishbowl Radio Network. Listen, we got a big one next week. We got a big one the week after that. Tap in with us, man. It's every week. Have an epic Wednesday. Listen, my guy Maynard Mike on Instagram. You can find him, man. Check us out, man. We'll holler at you next week. Check him out. Hey, ready, set, go. It's time to hit the mark. This they show you need to know about. We set ourselves apart. Sports.